there's two ways of thinking, positive and negative. Yeah. One or the other cannot coexist at the same time in the mind. So the one that you focus on most is the wolf you feed the most. You might be in a family that you share those things, and maybe that, oh, that's crazy, that's impossible, you're never gonna do it right. For you, you use it as fuel, but so many others, that overwhelms them, and then they, they stop the dreamer. The people, the doers that do get there, do one thing in common. They know their focus, and they meditate upon that focus. And what happens, something very magical, people, places, and circumstances start to show up, and then the next thing that happen, ideas, they're massive action takers. I've done, you know, the vision boards. I have them in my background, you know, I have them in my phone. Get rid of your vision board and create an action board mm. because action board will take you to inspired action. And through that process, you actually realize and figure out, oh, that wasn't that important. Therefore, it goes away. We've got some fresh- Hey, I'm Luis. And this is Luis. And welcome to the content is Profit Pod. In here, you're going to get the insights, accountability, and drive to create consistently and increase revenue. You'll hear from top entrepreneurs, creators, and anything and everything you need to know about content. All this while having a good time. The goal of this podcast is simple. Entertain, educate, and turn your content into profit. That is right, guys. And if you're enjoying these episodes, go ahead and follow the show in your favorite podcasting platform and on social media at Co. That is right. And if today's guest help you move one step closer towards your goal, which I am certain she will, <laughs> please don't forget to share this episode and, and leave a five-star review. That's right. So welcome back, guys. Today, we have one of the most inspirational stories we've ever had in here. She'll make you want to tackle life with all you've got. That is right. Just listen to this. She went from homeless with only $800 to selling her company to Campbell Soup for over 200 million smackaroos. I'm sure there's plenty that we can learn in there. Not only that, but she grew up in an orphanage in Mexico, and later on in his in her life, she went back and helped rescue children from a drug cartel, some of which were being sex trafficked. Yep, that is absolutely amazing, guys. Please, I'm ready to cry. I'm ready to laugh. I am ready to be inspired. Please, please welcome public speaker, author, and founder of Maggie's All Natural Fresh Salsa and Dips, Maggie Cook, or Magdalena <laughs> de la Cruz Cook Garcia. <laughs> What's up, Maggie? Welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for having me. I will say this is the first time I've been in a podcast where somebody said my full name and didn't get it wrong. Let's go. We are Hispanic too, you know, so I think I had a big weight on my shoulders. Like, I cannot mess this one up. <laughs> yeah. It's funny because sometimes we read Hispanic names with like the English version yeah. accent and we're like, no, it cannot happen this time. But Maggie, it's an yeah. absolute pleasure and honor to have you here on the show and sharing your story. I remember when I first met you through our amazing friend Bart Miller and uh, I think the call was supposed to be like 15 to 20 minutes and we ended up talking for like hour and a half and it was such a cool uh, conversation on both ends you know learning your story and what you're doing to help a ton of people and what you've done to help a ton of people so we're like this is somebody that we have to bring onto the show and hopefully help more you know yeah. <laughs> be in front of, of, of you so yeah thank you absolutely Maggie let me start by saying I went to your website and I watched that speaker's reel you got in there. And oh my goodness. <laughs> my name is Magdalena de la Cruzco Garcia. I am the founder of Maggie Salsa LLC. This is a company that I started with a gift of $800 when I was homeless and a company that sold a Campbell's Soup in 2015. When I first tasted Maggie Salsa, I was blown away. It was awesome product. I could tell it was fresh. I could tell it was made with quality ingredients and knew that it would be a great product for Walmart. I am from Mexico, and this was life in an orphanage. And yes, these are my 68 brothers and sisters. Ever since I can remember, I mostly worked in construction, digging ditches, cutting trees, and gathering topsoil from the mountains. At times, we had no food for weeks, so some of my brothers and I resorted to hunting with our bare hands. We basically hunted at night using spotlights and nets to catch our prey. When I was about six years old, I started digging caves in sides of mountaintop canyons. These were my secret hiding places to rest. This was a way to try to escape, to cope with the things that I saw and lived. 
As a way out of the orphanage, I pursued basketball and got recruited in high school to play for the Mexican national team, but I broke my collarbone. My ticket out was months later when I got recruited to play basketball for the University of Charleston, and that's how I came here. I learned to play basketball really good by covering my eyes with the help of an orphan kid named Pancho. We found Pancho in a dumpster as a baby. He couldn't walk because he had spinal bifida, and my job was to carry him everywhere I went. When I graduated college, I couldn't find a job and I became homeless. I ended up living in the streets and also in the woods in a nearby forest. But to be honest, I didn't even know that I was homeless because that's how I lived most of my life. In 2004, I started my salsa company with a gift of $800 when my friends entered me into a salsa contest. I won the contest and I had an aha moment. I started my business and it grew very, very fast. My products sold in 38 states to supermarkets like Walmarts, Whole Foods, Sam's Clubs, and many more companies carried my products. Shortly after my company was sold to Campbell's, I went back to Mexico and helped save 31 orphan children who were in grave danger. Some of them were victims of sex trafficking. We later were able to involve the federales and the military in the continuous pursuit of the safety of these kids. The best type of giving currency is not money. It is the willingness to give your life in the service of others. Never take for granted one single moment of your life. Change starts now. One of the things that we have every single morning when we wake up is we have two choices. We either let life control us or we take control of our lives. so grateful and thankful now that I joyously joy emotion I'm experiencing action thank you let's hear it for Maggie hold on Maggie do not go Maggie got what we said uh in spanish called chicken skin you know like do we say that in spanish yeah piel de gallina. Tengo chicken skin. <laughs> <laughs> you know but uh i got goosebumps like I, watching that i was like wow 
wow, how, why has my brother been hiding this person <laughs> from me, right? Like, what an incredible story, right, of uh, resourcefulness. You know, you literally went on and tackled life. And after all those challenges that you had. So, you know, we know part of your story, but the audience might not be as familiar with your story. So why don't you start by sharing a little bit of, you know, how did you get to where you are right now? Yes, I was born into an orphanage in Mexico, and uh, this was in uh, central Mexico, Michoacan. Um, if you look at the map, if you put the finger right in the center of it, it's right next to Mexico City. So um, we, we lived up in the mountains in the middle of nowhere, so I really didn't get to see civilization. Even coming to America was a shock for me. Wow. And um, I remember growing up with you know, over 200 kids at a time, sometimes living there from babies to young adults, you know, that were going to high school and only two caregivers. So there's a lot of uh, things that happened because we weren't supervised. Like mostly we grew ourselves up because when I was, I remember when I was a kid, I was paired up with a young adult. And then when I grew up, I was paired up with a kid. So we kind of grew ourselves up Mm -hmm. and, um, to be secluded in an environment like that and to have the experience of having so many kids come from the streets that had their own issues. And it was just, it it was really hard. And I think that the way that I came out of it was that I was constantly visualizing uh, coming out of there and becoming a super successful person. You know, I, I visualized myself with long hair, with a suit behind a mahogany desk, even though I hadn't seen anything really outside of the barbed wire fence. Yeah. But I remember watching something like that in a movie of a power woman. And we watched like a couple movies for like seven years in a row. <laughs> so yeah. it was like really ingrained. And, and I think that it, it was sort of, uh, there were good times and there was really tough times. And sometimes it felt like I was stuck in a place that I couldn't get out because I mean, there were my caregivers, our parents, and at one point they adopted 60 kids. So um, wow. Wow. Uh, they all have our last names. Uh, yeah. Cook Garcia. Yeah. Uh, my father was American. My mother is um, Mexican-American. And they went down to Mexico because they had a calling. So um, I'm trying to, it's a long, long story. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, I came to America on a scholarship to play basketball. Uh, what people don't know is that when I was in and junior high, I was always looking for something to help me get out of the orphanage. And I discovered basketball because soccer, football, yeah. was very popular. Mm-hmm. And um, so I wanted something different. And I learned how to play basketball out of watching Michael Jordan in, in my breaks in, in junior high school. Wow. And I became so good that I got recruited to play basketball for the Mexican national team. Wow. And um, I went to Mexico City. They wanted me they i waited three months and then one day i went out and played uh football football americano american mm-hmm. football yeah. with my brothers and i broke my collarbone oh, and man. three days later the mexican national team called and i couldn't go and my goodness uh this was probably i think four or five months our caregivers took a big bus those was guajoloteras the big yeah. buses uh, school buses and they did a tour in the united states and they asked us to come by a picnic for they did the tour to raise funds for the nonprofit for for the mano de ayuda and um there happened to be um the coach at the university of charleston at that picnic and that was in west virginia and she saw me play and she told my caregiver i want her to come play for me in a scholarship wow but what people don't know is that when i broke my collarbone my father told me that my dreams were over and he's a doctor. Like he, oh. he stretched my, my, um, my front back. Yeah. Cause he was trying to find out what was wrong. And when he said that I cried, but I was like, no, I, 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 I believe that there's, there's gotta be something better. There's gotta be a reason why. And I was just telling myself this, but the point that I want to say is that if I would have said, sat down in the sidelines that day and I played because I had heard that my dreams were over, I probably wouldn't be talking to you today. Wow. 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 And it's, it's, it's about mindset. And I think that everybody has the power to use it, but somehow, you know, even when I was meditating in my cave, I lived in the cave in the orphanage, this was in the mountains 
uh, it was my secret hiding place to kind of get away from everything. And I, I remember using my mind and writing my goals and doing things that I later read in books. This is why I really think that everybody has access to to bigger and greater things that we don't even yeah. realize we have. But, we, you know, we just have to quiet our minds and and really think there's two ways of thinking, positive and negative. Yeah. One or the other cannot coexist at the same time in the mind. Yeah. So the one that you focus on most is the wolf you feed the most. Yeah. And, you know, there's been a lot of people that have come out the orphanage and some a lot of people that didn't make it. Hmm. And um, and people ask me a lot, how come you were able to overcome? And I think that when you produce thoughts in your mind constantly, even if it takes years, things eventually happen, yeah. you know. But when you're out, you I've been able to manifest so many things by continuing to use that. And it's been my greatest gift. But it's not just my gift. It's everybody's gift. We yeah. just don't really realize that. Do you, I mean, obviously your, your story is incredible and I will encourage every single person to click the links right below, right? To, to continue to learn about you, your story, see your videos and what you have out there. Right. And uh, hopefully th they see you in person, right? On your, on your gigs all around the country that I'm, I'm sure this is an incredible experience. Right. And, you know, there's certain parts of your story when we were chatting that first time that I personally relate to, right? I broke my collarbone, same thing. Like, I'm not near as successful at you as you are, Maggie, but there's some traits of things that, that you know, we're like, okay. We're manifesting and working our way uh, through 100. It. I mean, I remember, <laughs> I remember uh, our mother, like, uh, very young, she told us, you guys are really good at manifesting things, like the thing that you want, right? And I was like, wow. And it wasn't until later in life that I actually recognized that. And I was like, okay. I'm going to lean in into that very heavily or, you know, emailing every single coach to come and play soccer on a scholarship, right? You was like the, on that tour, you didn't refuse. Like uh, we got injured, we got uh, scholarships denied and we we're like, I'm going to do it again, right? Type of deal. So there's like these parallels where I felt so close to you in that sense. And I'm sure everybody listening, maybe it's not the, the same sport or maybe it's not the same situation per se, but it's like, we are going to get hit. Many times, and I, we were on a podcast uh, maybe a couple of days ago that we're talking uh, blessings in disguise, right? And at the moment, they might seem like the world is over, nothing will happen to us, and then what happens is like that event triggers the next level up moment or opportunity, right? And we have to be aware. And and I love that you your mindset. We call that table face, right? You're like, I'm going for that opportunity, tabla, That's in the Spanish, right? I'm going mm -hmm. for that. I'm, I'm I, I refuse to believe what other people are saying, like because I know I'm capable. And uh, you know, on our line of business with content and putting your message out there, sometimes is a mental is a big mental game, right? Some people have very polarizing messages, or like maybe they're selling a product that they truly believe that they help people, right? And is the mental capacity that maybe stopping their growth or their company growth to, to put that message out there. So uh, coming from a third world country, right, we both relate to that. Mm -hmm. When I, I think when we first came here, we talked about this often where we we felt like we were playing hard, like, a, like on level hard back home. And then we come here and uh, it, it, this becomes a little bit easier in a sense, right? Because over there you might be worried, obviously your, your, your story is very extreme, but we lived in a dictatorship, right? So there mm -hmm. might be days that you have to do a, a line of five days to, to put gasoline, right? Or you can't find the products or like obviously the oppression with education, like all these things. And then mm -hmm. you come to a, a place like United States where it's inundated with opportunities, right? And mm -hmm. you're like, oh my gosh, this is an incredible place for us to grow and, and, and build what we want to build and help more people. Yes. On your side, when you saw that, and then now you're you're speaking in this country and internationally, mm -hmm. like, why do you say those people that they might not have the reference that maybe you had with, mm -hmm. you know, your own personal situation? How do we trigger mm -hmm. that? Because I now have kids and they're growing up here in the States. Mm -hmm. And that's one of my biggest worries, right? Like, how yeah. do we, I had that experience. So I know the reference. Mm -hmm. What do you recommend or what do you say to those people? I really believe this, and it might become uh, contradictory to some people, but I really believe that unless you have suffered some, you will appreciate. Unless you have gone through adversity, you'd become more triumphant because you appreciate those things and you learn from those things. And sometimes you have to do that for yourself over and over, and over again for your kids to let them see 
One of the things that I did when I was in college is I took a group of athletes because I was part of a fellowship of Christian athletes. I was a vice president. And we took them to Mexico to build homes for the poorest of the poor, like stick homes. Yeah. And there's no running water, no toilets, nothing. And they came back changed. And I'm like, yeah, guys, this is how I, I grew up. And um, without resistance of some sort, but it, that, that's teachable, you're not going to grow. And I, I do this with myself every single day. If it's with working out with, you know, eating with different things, I continue to do that because if you don't flex that muscle, yeah. it's not going to grow. And it's a mindset muscle. It's yeah. uh, being, you know, who you are as a person that you, you know, because everything, no matter what you focus on, could be financially it could be mentally it could be health it could be family uh you have to be willing to step outside of the comfort zone yeah, yeah. to really be able to see the other side with a brighter sense of you know lightness yeah, yeah. absolutely absolutely uh it, it actually reminds me this past holidays i was in virginia visiting my girlfriend's family and one of her uncles he was talking pretty much about life and he's so easy going, but he was talking how his past, he was, you know, crazy and he would get into all sorts of trouble. And I can, I asked him, I was like, what changed? I thought it was just aging, <laughs> you know, like what changed in your life? <laughs> and he told me the Navy changed me. He's like, I went to, I think it was Pakistan and some uh-huh. other place. And he said, I saw people on the streets, you know, fighting for cardboard on what to sleep. And he's like, that thing, change me i came back and my mom he's like my mom told me that i was changed and it goes hand in hand with what you said right kind of like experiencing that looking at those things definitely change your perspective i think my question goes Mm -hmm. to obviously there's people that have experienced those things and they get stuck in those places maybe let's call it those negative loopholes and there's people that experience Mm -hmm. those and then they actually put that to, you know, fuel their purpose, fuel their mission, or fuel whatever it is they want to do next in life. I guess I wonder why. You know, again, there's many kids yeah. that were in that orphanage that were potentially in, a, in, in the same situation. And like you mentioned, some made it, some didn't. Yes. Why do you think separates, you know, that? Because obviously... Yes. And I'm going to relate this a little bit to, to the content side of things, to business, entrepreneur, entrepreneurs, right? We face problems. We face challenges. And it is easy sometimes to get stuck in a negative loophole of thinking, right? And, you know, all oh, things are not going my way. I'm experiencing all these problems, right? And then we just get stuck in there. So how do people get out of it? How do people decide to, you know what, I'm actually going to do X, Y, and C, for the mm-hmm. long term, because again, it's not like a one-time solution too, and how I avoid falling back into those negative loopholes. Mm-hmm. There, that's a, such a great question, and for me, the way that I would answer it for myself, and I know I've known this, is that it all comes down to purpose and passion, because if you know what that is, you might need a discovery or rediscovery. If you know what that is then your laser sharp focus on the outcome of that instead of worrying about all the problems and all the things and all the what I'm not in. When you have that laser target focus, all you do is think about how to get closer to it fast or faster and make an impact with it. Mm-hmm. That's the difference between people who are, are having tremendously amazing lives that, that are following there because it's, it all comes down to meaning too. Like, that purpose is giving you meaning. If you don't have, if you have a purpose or you think you have a purpose, but you don't have meaning behind it, it's not never going to be strong enough. And then you're going to wander off. Yeah. No. So that's really the major difference. Yeah. I, I, I found it very challenging at times, you know, I'm opening up here a little bit on the, on the podcast, but yeah. I'm not gonna lie, I found it challenging to found some purpose. I would say, you know, like I love helping people. Don't get me wrong. I love when, you know, having converse, I love the podcasting, knowing that, you know, your story is going to inspire many people. Uh, I love when I'm on a one-on-one call with our client and, you know, I'm, I'm getting to exercise the creative muscle, knowing, you know, that it's going to benefit them. But at the same time, I don't know, I feel some sort of challenge on finding that purpose. And I asked myself that, I was like, man, like, what is it? You know, like I grew up my whole life 
thinking that my purpose was to play professional soccer. And guess what? Just, it, it didn't happen. Life changes, you know? And mm-hmm. then I was like, okay, I feel like I've been on a constant surge for mm-hmm. purpose, right? Now, I do like what... Oh, yeah, go ahead. If you were to... If you knew that you were going to die tomorrow, what would you do today? Oh, my gosh. You see? <laughs> I'm like, I love doing so many things. <laughs> um, you will be asking for three days. I mean, I think... I, more days. I mean, if I was going <laughs> to die tomorrow, I would love to spend time with my loved ones as no, number one, right? Like, I would love to see my family mm-hmm. again. You know, they're back in Venezuela. Yeah. Beat my brother in a game, obviously. <laughs> I would like to travel and, you know, experience more uh, environments of joy with, you know, watching my professional team that I support. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. And, you know, that that is that is a challenge. I know you know Bart, and I've talked about mm-hmm. this with him. It's like I've never, or at least I felt, I feel great when I help people, right? I'm like, mm-hmm. this is so amazing. I love it. I love the feeling of it. But at the same time, I don't know if, when I try to think of like a grand purpose of like, I want to go back home and rebuild, you know, uh, let's say grad root soccer, which is something I love soccer. Mm-hmm. I, at this point in my life, I don't feel that yet. And I think it's because of the needs that I have now at this moment. Right. And to relate this to the audience, mm-hmm. uh, I feel free to disagree if, if you want to, of mm-hmm. course, like, I feel like people are stuck in certain places in their life that their immediate need takes away from finding some sort of bigger purpose that might drive them, right? And it's I'm, almost like I don't have time for my purpose right now because... I have so many needs, with, right? Yeah. And, you know, to relate this a little bit to your story, from what I read is, mm-hmm. you know, obviously you had these struggles, these challenges, then homelessness, you went on to win a contest that gave you like 800 bucks to start your own business, but I'm not, I'm not sure. And I would love to know if at that point in life, your, your purpose was, you know, I want to inspire, right? I want to go back to Mexico and, you know, help children. Or at that point in time, you had a different purpose, which then once you took care of, you know, those immediate needs that you had, the purpose evolved mm-hmm. as well. Yes. That my, my purpose when I started my salsa company was to prove my father wrong, mm. but it was based on fear and it only went so far. Yeah. That's why that's why when I let let that go, everything fell into place and every because when you're on purpose, it's all about energy really. Yeah. Everything begins to fall into place. And the reason why I wanted to prove him wrong is because he told me that I would never amount to anything, that I would die in prison and with AIDS because I came out to him mm. as gay. And so when I, when, when he, he never recognized my success until a week before he passed and he wrote me a letter telling me, oh, I want to cry. <laughs> I so, have the letter here. You want me to read it? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That would be beautiful. If you're okay yeah. with it? Yeah, absolutely. Oh. I take it with me everywhere. Oh. It's 2009. He passed. I don't know if you can see that. Yeah. yeah. And he said, uh, Maggie, I am so proud of you. You won't know what I mean, but you're from the old school, from the old generation, maybe 50 years back. The generation that had that work ethic and discipline, most of all, a dream and willingness to labor and make that dream into a reality. You are so caught up in what you're doing at this moment that you can't fathom where you'll be in 5, 15, and 25 years. Because of your willingness, it's going to be big. America needs people like you and your values passed on if it is to survive. You are one big asset to everyone in your life, sweetheart. I'm really proud of you. Wow. Wow. So when when he passed, my biggest challenge was who am I going to prove wrong now? Yeah. So I had to do a rediscovery, and I realized that salsa was just a stepping stone, stepping stone to something bigger, which is what I'm doing in stages now. And, you know, speaking inspiration and transformation, helping audiences around the world. And it's been quite a blessing. It's in everything that I've suffered in the past. It's been sort of how they say my mess, my story, right? Yeah. 
everything has been a blessing because of the hardships that I had. And it's the only way that I can relate to people and really create greater transformations because I've been through a lot and people can relate to that. Um, so rediscovering was the most key single thing that I could ever do for myself because it redirected. See, your body, your your spiritual self is like a GPS. It's always guiding you to that ultimate purpose. But we don't really listen. And we might go like a GPS around. But even if you get derailed and bad things happen, it's always redirecting you to that center focus. If we would just listen to our intuition, to our guidance system. Yeah. And um, sometimes you need to go through stuff, <laughs> you know, to come out the other side and and be a better, brighter person. But not only that, see, I really believe that you have a purpose tremendously because what you're doing is touching a lot of people's lives. That, just this conversation is a purpose. So if you think you don't have a purpose, think again. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's how I see it. Yeah. And I know that other people see it that way now. Another thing, if you wanted to to re-center, because you could be purposeful in like the wheel of balance in life, in business, family, all these different things, yeah. right? Because one of the things that you don't want to do is get at that, that old age and be laying on your bed saying, I wish I did this, I wish I did that. Yeah. It doesn't have to be just one thing. You know, you can play at many different things in life and you have to play yeah. because that's really what matters. What matters every single moment that you're breathing and living because you're going to remember that before you go yeah that's awesome my thank you for yeah. for sharing especially that letter with your with your dad um mm -hmm. you know uh, i keep getting i keep telling fonzie it's like things you'll see things different as soon as you find out you have a kid <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't have kids i have two and uh to me, I was in a... Is that, is that what you're saying, that you've suffered? And I've that's suffered. how you found your purpose? <laughs> With the kids. I, okay. have, I haven't slept in five years, guys. <laughs> uh, th that's true, too. Uh, but but uh, I think, like, for me, when that happened, it brought a ton of clarity, too. And it's mm -hmm. one of those levels, right, uh, where um, I put something, I can't find the, the, the actual note <laughs> that, I, that I read here, but it's almost like, those uh those challenges like those darker times is an indicator that you will bright you you will you will it's a good thing right uh oh here the problem is an indicator that we're about to grow right so it's almost yes. like the problem is not the thing if the problem comes perfect that means that i'm at the edge of growing up a level right and I remember when Luca, when Katie called us, and because we we're in a Starbucks that that night, working late, I think it was like 8 p.m. And she goes like, "Hey, I have a surprise for you," and she like you could tell that she was like nervous, almost like crying on her phone. I'm like, in my head, I remember turning to Fonzie, I'm like, "Katie's pregnant," and I immediately, and she didn't say anything, but I I kind of knew it, and I, I started like shaking, very nervous, and I was kind of like in this state of shock. Uh, I came home first and she told me we both like were like in shock because we were not planning and not expecting it. Right? And then Fonsi came and he cried <laughs> like a baby too. And, uh, you know, but I remember that night I, I almost didn't sleep, but it was recognizing and being aware of that moment where it's like, wow, what we've been doing now, it's like, it's real, right? It's like so real that now like this little dude that's about to be born in a few months, like, it depends mm -hmm. on that. So for me, that was a big, a big thing, right? Or when we moved overseas, we're like, wow, we're on our own. And mm -hmm. uh, there's these things that can be really scary for a lot of people, right? Mm -hmm. But as you do them more often, right? Or if you face them more often, you start building this resilience as well, right? I remember mm -hmm. uh, right after college, we started doing Spartan races and Tough Mudders because mm -hmm. we were playing from soccer and we are like searching for that, a physical challenge. Yes. And I remember listening to Joe DeSena, like the CEO of Spartan. He's like, be comfortable being uncomfortable. And, mm -hmm. you know, we started with like a five-mile race, and then we did a 10-mile, and then we did like a 20-mile, and then we did a eight-hour, and then a 24-hour, right? And it's just an exercise for what's coming in life, right? We start tackling these challenges little by little. So on my side, it's helped me a ton 
tackle like a smaller challenge and then the next one and kind of seeing that ladder towards like the bigger goal, right? So we started, mm -hmm. we wanted to build a business. So what do we, you know, what do we do? Maybe we sell a small product. Maybe we offer a small service and then it grows and then the team grows and then new challenges come. So obviously mm -hmm. the people that we talk to or, or they listen to the show, they're in that spot of like they want, maybe they have a business goal, they will have, they have a money goal, right? They have uh, a purpose that maybe is very solid for them. Mm -hmm. What do you recommend to them as like, if it feels like very overwhelming, right? Because on my side, if it feels very overwhelming and very big, it's very exciting. I don't know if that's mm -hmm. the same for a lot of people, right? Mm -hmm. How do you break it down to ensure success and to, to complete the manifestation? Mm -hmm. I, I call it baby steps of courage. Love it. You, you can't run a marathon if you've never ran a sprint before. And some people are comfortable with that. That's totally fine. But for those who are struggling with that, I think the problem with that a lot of people have is they have so many things that they want to do because they just discover something and they don't even know where to start because there's just so much. So I would say pick one and maybe could be the simplest one. And like you said, what's the next big, you know, big thing that I do? And it doesn't, you don't have to eat the whole elephant in one bite and you can start small. And that's really the difference between success and failure for many people because overwhelmment will lead you to fail. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a mentality thing. Yeah. 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 I think that definitely <laughs> we we've heard it a lot of times about mindset, right? And mindset work and like you meant there's so many distractions nowadays, right? And mm -hmm. I'm not putting this as a an excuse out there, but there are a lot of things that take away your attention from, mm -hmm. you know, putting intention into things. Mm -hmm. And I def I personally believe the more I see it in my life, I'm like, wow, I, this is this is a problem, right? When moments I that I have responsibilities, things that I need to do, and my attention goes to something else, right? And then I catch myself, and then it's like, all right, well, now I need to make a decision, right? But at the mm -hmm. same time, I believe it's also uh, learning how to manage your energy as well, mm -hmm. right? Because... When you're faced with some decisions and you're tired later during the day, you might make the wrong choice mm -hmm. and then feel guilty about it. And, you know, you can go into other things. So I'm curious, right? Throughout your life, seems that, you know, it's a life of exerting a lot of energy. You know, mm -hmm. when you were in the orphanage, a lot of energy into, you know, probably protecting yourself, right? Mm -hmm. Then when you went here on the on the States, I read that you didn't know the language at first, right? And, you mm -hmm. know, going into a whole new school, that takes a lot of energy, right? Like being homeless, right? Uh, mm -hmm. How much energy you're, you know, infusing into thinking about survival ship, right? Like, what am I going to do next? Where am I going to sleep next? Yet you mm -hmm. seem to have taken the right choices that mm -hmm. led you, you know, on, on the path that you are right now. So, I'm curious to learn a little bit about that in your life around around energy, right? How do you mm -hmm. conserve your energy? How do you apply your energy to the things that you know are going to move you forward? Mm -hmm. That's a, such a great question. Uh, as far as I think now, the the at this time in my life, I'm 44 years old, and I've rediscovered the source of energy because as you age, things change in your body. I had to turn to health and well-being and wellness. What I eat, nutraceuticals, everything that I do, including my morning routine, if I yeah. don't do that every day, yeah. I my energy will slump. Hmm. And uh, it's so much different now than it was then. Back then was, I want to be, I want to become, I want to be something bigger than myself. And that was what kept me going. Um, there was a pivotal moment when I was in the orphanage. I was eight, about eight years old. and. My caregiver, he gave medical attention to the poor for free every Sunday. And one Sunday, it, it, like people come like from 4 a.m. and sometimes he would finish at midnight or later. But this one Sunday, he had very few patients and this woman came out of the clinic and with two kids. And I was coming down because the house was about a quarter mile from where the clinic was in the mountains. Yeah. And I came down the hill and he looked at me and he says, can you tell how poor these people are? And I said, no. He says, look at their hair. It's so thin and brittle and yellow. Look at the kids' bellies. They're malnourished. Look at their shoes, their sandals. I mean, 
And I remember him grabbing me and squeezing my head. He was a big guy. I felt like he was going to pop my head. And he said, I never want you to be that poor. And then he turned around and gave them, like, here's some pesos so you get a ride back. Because they didn't even have money to for a ride back and pesos for, for some tacos, yeah. he said also. So I remember very clearly I turned around and I looked at the skies and I had a stick and I remember I was, I said to myself, I'm going to remember this moment forever. And I was, I was poking leaves through yeah. the stick. Yeah. And then I stopped and I said, I'm going to be something bigger than myself because someday I'm going to come out of here and I'm going to show people. Yeah. So I had that burning desire wow. throughout till I came here to America yeah. because I made a decision uh, then that no matter what happened, that I was going to stay focused because I saw so much, bad, so many bad things. And it was sort of like um, like an, a, a huge aha moment at eight years old yeah. that changed everything in my life. And that was my source of energy. That The thing about focus is you have to remember to remember. See, yeah. every day I, I see my vision, my focus. When you do that, there's less chances of you varying away. Or how do you say getting out of the path? Yeah, yeah. Because you're looking at it and you see all the potential that you could be, and that is something bigger. If you, if you can achieve something that seems bigger than yourself because you're actually serving humanity and doing something like that, then to me, that's the greatest fulfillment that I can have. The greatest happiness that comes to me. Yeah. Nothing else, money, nothing, is the source of happiness. But doing something bigger. Yeah. And for some people is to being being remembered in history, like, um, but all that matters is what's happening right now because you're alive. Yeah, that's yeah, that's so amazing. Have you have you had um? Because I'm sure you know you felt it like from that moment, right? Your source of energy, and then probably growing up, you also saw moments in your mind where you're like, "I'm gonna be there," or "I'm gonna." You you just share a couple of those, right? And deep down, you're like. You see the amp, but you don't see the road ahead. You're like you. I'm assuming you trust is gonna happen, right? I'm 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 gonna be doing my baby steps, and and it's gonna happen. And there's this happens a lot at home with me, right? Me and my wife are very very different, right? And uh, she's very logical. I'm very emotional, and uh, we're learning like especially with this new phase of entrepreneurship to communicate a lot better. But I also see it with other people in the environment that we might be in, right? Or even with our own families, right? That you're like, that's where I want to go. I know I will be there. But how are you going to do it? I don't know, but I know I will be there, right? And there's there's a mm -hmm. lot of people that kind of stop at that point or they don't even dream to going that further, like in their businesses or like the things that they're doing in their content, right? We deal with this every single day because we work with a lot of creators, right? It's like, but what do we want to create, right? And I think like that's why I think where where I like really liked Fonzie's handle because he says Fonzie creates, right? And then I was like, can I use it too? Because like <laughs> we can create not only content but also like our vision or, or life, right? And I think uh, you know our whole journey coming to the stage is a whole different thing. But how do we like? Do we actually f go ahead and help people and like? force it like i'm doing air quotations right because like i see loved ones and they're like or we let let it be right i have that personal conflict sometimes whether it was a family or with a client it's like well if they want to do it they'll do it but we know there's so much potential and they can actually achieve it if we go do that here's a very crazy practical like small example where i was driving home with my wife and my mother-in-law and this happened a few years back we didn't even have the studio at that point i think or, or we were freelancing and uh, we were dreaming, I was dreaming, as we do on road trips, on where are we going to live, right? And I was, you know, sharing, like, oh, how cool would it be to have this house with, you know, the, the puzzle room and the gaming room and, like, land so we can do a soccer field and the, the have the, we, you know, we didn't think about having kids at that point. But it was something like that where it seemed to my wife and my mother-in-law very overwhelming at the moment, right? And they started thinking, like, oh, my God, how much is that going to be, right? And, and I'm like, I don't care, like, whatever, like, we'll figure it out probably, I don't know. Three million, and you know, if we were making like a thousand bucks extra a month that day was way too much, right? Mm -hmm. But I remember that moment because I've it clicked for me. It was like some people have it, or some people don't, and uh, I was like, wow, the people that have it and are aware of it 
are in a, such an advantage today because they can move so much faster towards those goals and it will become possible, mm-hmm. right? So how do you manage your environment to put yourself in a position where like that doesn't affect you too much, right? Because you might be in a family that you share those things and maybe that, oh, that's crazy. That's impossible. You're never going to do it right. For you, you use it as fuel, Mm -hmm. but so many others that overwhelms them and then they they stop the dreaming, right? Yes. How do you manage that? How do you change environments? This is why sometimes when you dream big, you you shouldn't share it with people that don't believe in you because they're just going to bring you down. Mm. Uh, I didn't care. I shared my wins that already happened, but that hadn't happened with my friends. Like, be careful. You may not get it. So I learned to stop sharing with those that were in the line. Uh, but it is all about focus because the, the people, the doers that do get there do one thing in common. And that is they know their focus and they meditate upon that focus. And what happens, something very magical People, places, and circumstances start to show up. And then the next thing that happen, ideas, they're massive action takers. Hmm. So when they take that action, that just moves them closer to, because, you know, I I didn't know the how either, right? But when you just meditate upon it, just close your eyes, even if you can't meditate and think about that goal and who could come into my life. You're so hyper-focused that you're aware of those things. Let me give you an example. When you wanted that car and it was a nice car and you look and you focused on it, all of a sudden, all those same cars with the same color start showing up on the road. Oh, a hundred percent. And you notice them. That's what happens when you laser sharp focus on what you want, because you'll recognize those opportunities with it, whether it, whereas if you're not focused, you'll miss them. Yeah. And that's the difference. Yeah, we actually we actually went like I'm obsessed. I was obsessed with Jeeps. I saw my older brother have a Jeep. He's sixteen year older, sixteen years older than me. And I was like, that's my dream car. And when we came here to the city, I'm like, I want it, right? I need nothing crazy. It's not a supercar, right? But it's like the Jeep. And I remember like we having the conversation. And the one time we went to the auto show here in Jacksonville, uh, it's a very small auto show. We went straight to the Jeep and we sat inside of the Jeep. And we, we grabbed the wheel and we felt it. And I, uh, I remember being just there like, like this is how it feels to, you know, to be inside of one. And, and it happened, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I was in, uh, at a job at the time. Can I, can I tell you? Can yeah. I tell you something? What you did, and I encourage people to do this, and I did this, and you can read it in my book. Yeah. What you did is called inspired action. Hmm. Inspired action. You actually went, touched it. And got inspired by that action to bring you closer to that which you want. Mm-hmm. That's what you did. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah. I actually saw, uh, I think, you know, within the context of what we're talking, I think I can share so- this with, um, you know, the listener. I think you can, we can turn it into a way, a sort of a tool for them to practice this, right? Because it is a challenge. I've done, you know, the vision boards. I have them in my background, you know, I have them in my phone. I've done a whole lot of, you know, the steps for manifesting. And I still personally have a difficult time challenge sometimes to intentionally concentrate on that, right? Can I, can I, can I give you a tip? 100%. Get rid of your vision board and create an action board. Mm. Because action board will take you to inspired action. Okay, so when you get me through it, yeah. action, uh-huh, it's gonna it's gonna take you closer faster because you're actually taking action on something. I don't know how to explain it. It seems like a miracle, but it but it's happened to me so many times. And through that process, you actually f- realize and figure out, oh, that wasn't that important. Therefore, it goes away, and then you kind of shave off the things that don't work and really focus on the things that do. And it makes it so much more powerful. So in an action board, you put the things that you're going to go do, right? So like, for example, let's say we would like to own a family farm here in Florida where we can just go play and have fun and whatever, go to the place, experience like the location, go like talk to the realtors, touch the dirt. Like, okay. okay. Yes. Okay. Cool. cool, cool. I like that. I like that. Ooh, that's I, I, so good. I know. I have a new, a new task here. <laughs> I love it. Um, all right. So 
Well, I was going with that, and thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I will definitely take on your advice, and I will grab my vision board and turn it into an action board. What can I do, you know, that will help me get closer to those things? And, you know, one of the challenges I was talking about was the constant remembering of these things. Again, we have, we're flooded with messages, with things that we have to do, you know, with people that we have to hang out or do things, whatever, right? Everybody's life is different, that but I feel- to, We get to, we get to. Exactly, we get to, right? <laughs> we, we get to do all these things, but at the same time, it, again, it takes away from your energy. So then I feel like you, or not you, like people push aside remembering what they mm -hmm. want, right? Their why or the, their mission, all these things, right? Their purpose. And Can I share something? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I do this every single day. Okay. This helps me remember to remember. It's a power card. It's basically mm -hmm. like as short as a business card. And both in and, and teeny tiny letter with lines and you write on both sides. And that helps me remember to remember to stay focused on what I want. Mm. Because business card, why? Because you can put it on your wallet, you can and pull it out whenever. This is what very successful people do. Huh. Uh, and, and it could change for you. It could change on a weekly basis and that's totally fine. Yeah. But when you do that and you pull it out, as a matter of fact, my first, like I write in code. Okay. And my first thing that I say is, for example, the first one is I have, it's access to infinite intel. So my before word is I believe that I have access to infinite intelligence. I believe. So I'm writing short things so I fit more, right? The other one, I'm going to read you another one, broadcast antenna, right? And now I say to myself, I know what that is. And I say, I yeah. believe that I'm a broadcast antenna noticed, noticed discovered by the world so that I can make an impact for inspiration. Hmm. Right. Yeah. So if you did something like this and cut it and put it in the, actually creating a product for this, for, for people. I was going <laughs> to be like, where can we buy the power cards from you, Maggie, please? Like, <laughs> that's so amazing. Yeah. That's, that's incredible. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I have something again, I don't have something to that extent. I have something digitally. It's like an alarm that pops every hour. And when mm -hmm. I click it, I have my things. Do you and I will it? I will say, like, a lot of times I do it, and there's a lot of times still that I don't, right? Mm -hmm. And this is not like a one-size-fits-all one solution. Because, again, we have a lot of elements in here, right? We have energy, right? We have purpose. Like, all these variables at a point in time cause you to, you know, make some sort of choice, whether, you know, I read this or whether I don't read this. But the other day I was watching a video where I, it was talking about how boredom is good, you know, and the guy said in the video, boredom is not a bad thing. Yes, it can lead to bad habits and behaviors, but it can also lead to deep thinking, self-knowledge and development of your own ideas. Mm -hmm. And I read that, I was like, wow, how am I using boredom in my life? Right. And I've noticed that sometimes boredom might cause me to, you know, let me just grab the phone as an instant reflex and scroll through social media or, you know, some sort of bad behavior, non-productive behavior. Mm -hmm. So I started to think, OK, cool. Well, what can I do instead? And the guy actually on that video, he talks about this book, this book that he keeps. I, I used to write all my notes in, in paper. Right. And I think I'm, I might go back to that i gotta see how i manage I'm a, I'm a nerd on when it comes to you know managing information but i did like writing things in the book well this guy had a book that he calls it contemplatio which is latin for contemplation right mm -hmm. uh not that crazy the translation but <laughs> regardless the guy what he had in that book was like quotes that he wanted to think on like these things reminders for him mm -hmm. to again know himself better, deep think, and he had some space in there as well to reflect. So whenever he find himself getting bored, rather than pulling out his phone and looking for social media, he would grab this and start reading through it and start reminding him. So I think that's kind of like the power card that you have is what is a tool that, you know, you, the listener, can develop for yourself or, you know, get the power cards from Maggie. And you can start consistently reminding yourself of those visions, those things that you want to do. Mm -hmm. I, I'm yeah. going to paint the 
dark side of it, which I think is just came to my head, right? I feel in a way society tells us that when you're tired, you need to disconnect. So the disconnecting looks like Netflix and consuming things, right? And I think we need in a way to rewrite what that concept of disconnecting looks like. Because, again, that's where I think those bad decisions comes where boredom hit. It's like, well, I want to disconnect. I don't want to engage my mind in anything. Now, sometimes we go and we play board games, which I love. Again, that goes hand in hand with sharing time with my loved ones, right? I go and kick their butt in in board <laughs> games. Heck yeah. But, you know, there's other moments where I'm like, oh, wow, I need to disconnect. And I think that time could be used with more purpose and more intentional to, you know, grab a potential contemplation book and be like, okay, let me think about this stuff, right? Let me, let me remind myself of my action board, right? Let me remind myself of the things that I want to do rather than, and I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with this, right? Like it's good obviously to be entertained and once in a while watch TV and whatnot, but rather than looking for those, you know, mm -hmm. alternatives that really are not like building up towards your life. So I guess where I want to go with this, my main question for you is somebody that is in that spot, right? Because I believe that I'm very aware of this situation, you know, where I'm, when I find myself in that spot, I'm like, all right, what do I do? <laughs> and I found myself taking the, you know, the wrong choice multiple times. So somebody that might, they're aware, they might find themselves in this situation. How do they cope with this? And maybe if they take the wrong choice, you know, maybe they start beating themselves up and, and feel a little guilty about it. You know, how do they go? about that? Mm -hmm. How do they go about moving forward, even if sometimes you make, you know, wrong choices? So it's about self-reflection here. And this is the kind of like a bigger, bigger part of uh, becoming successful is that who you are today is a result of all the habits that you formed since what you lived with your parents and what you saw in the world and how you experienced the world with your eyes, because your experiences are completely different right uh so if you the thing is you have to delegate time to just say i'm going to sit down and reflect upon this yeah. and say why is this happening to me is this a pattern that i can recognize it's repeated over and over in my past maybe it wasn't netflix maybe it was something else yeah. that was available and have i fed that or you know do i have a chance to break this now um i i have this uh beautiful journal. I call it the universe journal. And I provided it to my clients in the past. And uh, the three things that I write every day and every night is reflect because I like to reflect on my life because I am always learning and growing. Yeah. Release the three R's reflect release is the second one, because if anything kind of felt stuck or is holding me back, I'm going to release it to the universe. And then the the other three, uh, the other R is request, because now I'm requesting to the universe all the things that I do want. But the reflection part really helps me to see, okay, how did my day go? And I do it by listening to my intuition, my guidance system, because if I feel off, I listen to that. And then I talk about it here. I write about it. Hmm. And this helps me come through and actually heal. You're doing a lot of healing. Habits yeah. have to be healed. If you want to be successful and that's one of the things uh, unfortunately a lot of people don't really pay attention to that to the, these sort of things unless they've hit rock bottom yeah right when they hit rock bottom that's when people have immediate huge transformations yeah but you have to be mindful to remember to remember that hey today i need to look at my life and see where this is coming from and i, I don't want to repeat this you have the choice to break the cycles we all have the power to do that And maybe what you do is add one thing that's new, that's different to replace that one thing that you know that by doing it, it's going to change everything about who you are because it makes you a better person. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, so good. Fun fact, actually, Apple just released a journaling app on the phone. Like this morning I was looking at my phone. I was like, wait, I never downloaded a journal app on here. Like, what is this thing? And they have a journal that's app. Awesome. So maybe we can, you know, start doing the three R's in there yeah. and that, actually get me to ask are those three r's you know part of what you talk about in your book decoding success the three r's of highly successful people no that's a totally different that's three totally r's. different yeah 
Okay, yeah. cool, cool. So what we're going to be doing, guys, is putting all the links right below because uh, we do have to go. Maggie, this was an amazing conversation. Thank like, you. Like, so grateful that you've been able to share this message. And obviously, the show doors are always open for you. So uh, whenever you want to talk to your Venezuelan brothers, just send me a yeah. text. We're going to have we'll to do an episode happy. in Spanish. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yes. absolutely. Uh, so, Maggie, is there, like, anything else that you want to add before we head out? No, I just want to say thank you so much to you both and to everyone else. I just want to encourage you to start looking within because all the answers are, are there. Yeah. You're going to find everything that you need. Your, your, your whole being is like an entire universe. You just don't realize it. Yeah, absolutely. All right, thank you for being a light. Thank you for being an inspiration. I'm so stoked that you're in our lives. And uh, oh, yeah, yeah, can't wait to bring this into, into the world. So with that said, guys... Thank you so much for tuning to the Contents Profit Podcast. Go ahead and follow the show in your favorite podcasting platform and on social media at Co. That is right. And if Maggie here help you move one step closer towards your goal, please don't forget to share this episode and, and leave a five-star <laughs> review. See ya. Bye, guys.